Live from mostly sunny Las Vegas, this is the award-winning stamp show here today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. You can support this witless tosh by joining the stamp show here today community. The cost is only $10 for a lifetime membership. Listen to the end credits for more information on joining. This is Lord Cash. And this is just Squire Mark. <laughs> this is Lord Jim. Are you with us today? Oh, I was just trying to come up with my title. Oh, okay. Queen. Yeah. It's either Lord or Lady. What's well, Arena? Uh, lady Don. <laughs> you don't get to choose. That's the whole point. It's you pay your 10 bucks. <laughs> And you get to call yourself a lord or a lady. Yeah. That's it. Those are your only choices. Well, yeah. then I'm a lady. Dame Dong. Dame Dong. <laughs> Dame Dong. I just have to mention that I had lunch with my uh, brother the other day, and he received from his grandchildren a plot of land in Scotland so that he could be called lord. Mm-hmm. So See, could have saved so somebody, much money. His grandchildren spent the whatever... It was to. Did they get the framed one? I don't know. He didn't mention that, but I said, "Oh yeah, I've heard of that scam before." <laughs> oh. Well, ours is not a scam. I know. I yeah, know. That's why I told him. Ours is real. Yeah, I said, I, "I'm a lord." So, uh, shout out to Gary from Anaheim. We, me and Mark, went to the uh, Anaheim Stamp Show Orco Expo, and we'll discuss that later. But he said that uh, he's kind of tired of the 2001 Space Odyssey played poorly. What's the name of that song again? Also Sprock Zarathustra. Yeah, that that one. The um, yeah, the um, alternate version. Yeah. <laughs> so the junior high school band mm-hmm. version. Yeah. So actually, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to play all our intros, and people can vote on it. However. Uh, I'm also going to add in Techno Chicken because that was one that uh, was strongly suggested. Also, and this is really, really bad, from the Anaheim Stamp Show, shout out to Dave Cobb with Newport Stamp Company. But I don't remember why. (laughs) (laughs) He said something. And uh, so, whatever you said, uh, shout out for it. I wholeheartedly agree, whatever it was. Well, Dave Cobb's a friend of the show, right? Yes, he is. Okay, well, just give him a shout out. Just just give him a shout out. How about that? <laughs> okay. Anyway, me and Mark went to the uh, Orco Expo in Anaheim, California, put on by Steve Patillo, who was the Borst chair. And uh, one thing that he had, which I was kind of impressed by, is he has some stamps from... Where are these stamps from? Grenado, uh, I, Grenado Caracau, and Petite Martinique. So, I know Petite Martinique means Little Martinique, but Grenada. It's not even from Grenada. It's from Grenada something else. What's that word after Grenada? Like a suburb. Hmm. I don't know. I've this never, I've this never... is not dead air time. This is us pondering. Yeah, we're just we're pondering. Yes, this is you know if you listen close, you can hear the the gears grinding. Yeah. <laughs> Did you pay a lot for that? Uh, no, he he gave he gave it out to everybody who you know the special people. I wonder if these out. are like little like tiny little islands and stuff where you can find the birds. 
obviously it's something tiny, but he had the issue overprinted for Orco Expo. And I have to follow up with him to find out, you know, how he did it and how much it cost. Yeah, how much value it adds. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it has a $16 face value. I have a funny feeling that uh, Grenada, Kurokawa, and uh, Petite Martinique, Petite Martinique uh, yeah. they're not on the dollar per se. Yeah, yeah that, that isn't U.S. dollar. I'm wondering how much uh, is on the mail is franking the mail of the locals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or are there any locals or is this like a yeah. sandbar or something? Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. But anyway, it's uh Arco Expo stamp show returns Anaheim. And then uh, he, it's an overprint. And I know they do this in the Philippines where they advertise their big national stamp shows. Uh, but it's Philippines advertising Philippines stamp shows. This is petite, Martinique advertising uh, Orange County, California stamp show. So a little different. But anyway, it, it was an interesting little They're They're tidbit. probably just one earthquake brainstorm mudslide away from being petite Orange County. Uh, oh, I, ha I was watching a YouTube and it was interesting. They were talking about the smallest capitals of countries in the world. And they brought up like Vatican City that has like 144 people and stuff like that. But uh, the actual winner is Saint San Martin, St. Martin in the Caribbean. It had a volcano go off on the southern half of the island. So the southern half of the island, the population is zero. The capital of the island country is in that southern part of the island, and they never moved it. So technically, they're... The capital of that country has zero. a population of zero. Yeah, they had a pyroclastic um, flow that went down through there, and yep. it was very dangerous. Oh, they show pictures of it, and it looks like some... It, it's not even a nuclear blast. It's more like, you know, fallout uh, where the nuclear blast happened, you know, 50 years ago, and you just have the ruins now. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting. Google it if you're interested, but if you want to see what, like, total desolation looks like after a nuclear holocaust, <laughs> I think that that's going to be it. So uh, what, do you, what do you guys have on the table here? What are these little tidbits here you guys got? Well, I picked up something at Orco Expo. I spent, uh, I spent uh, about 4700 bucks there. But 2,000 of it was for this one stamp, a 537A, which is the uh, scarce um, color variety of the uh, three-cent victory issue. And it's got the typical Salem, Ohio um, overprint or uh, pre-cancel. Um, but uh, but it's a, it's, it's a nice-looking stamp. It's graded uh, 90, which is the highest uh, grade currently known. So that was a uh, that was a nice a nice pickup. Two thousand bucks. Yeah, but what's odd about it is that the certificate. When you look at the certificate, it looks like it has a short perf. Yeah. Because the oh, overprint. Yeah. Uh, just catches the tip of one perf tip, so it's sort of like, uh, you know, in the Hollywood movies when somebody takes a, a black marker and marks out one of your teeth, and it looks like you're missing a tooth. <laughs> Yeah, I'd I'd honestly like 
instead of having that on the black card, I'd get like a orange card or something like that. Yeah. It on the back. <laughs> so you can see it. Because it does look like it's got a short perf there. It's the pre-cancel. Uh, it's, an, it's a non-bureau pre-cancel. So people, bureau pre-cancels have continuous lines on the top and bottom, and then it has the name of the city and the state in the middle. Non-bureaus have breaks between them. So this has a bar on top, then the word Salem underneath that, the word Ohio, and then another bar. Well, the other, the bar to the left of that bar hits that perf tip. Mm -hmm. And because it's on the background of a black card, it makes it like invisible. Right. And on the other side of that uh, same stamp, there's one perf that looks like it's a square check like has, has square corners instead of a rounded perf tip and again because it just got caught right at the edge of that uh, of that bar yep yeah jim you have a number two on cover which well i, just, I know you weren't at the stamp show and i'll talk about in my number one and number two purchase but i bought this online but it's just a nice uh, number two on cover four margin copy so this went from New York to Saratoga Springs. So which is under 300 miles. Right. But it's a double rate letter. Yeah, so and the letter itself is not there. So that's a cover sheet and the letter isn't in it. So I'm assuming it was double rate double weight. Probably had a coin or something inside of it. Could have. The United States Hotel in Saratoga, Saratoga Springs. It looks like it's a letter to somebody who had lost their husband and their Putting a memorial up, oh yeah, tombstone. So it probably it may have con may have ha contained some money. I don't know. For tombstone of major, I can't read the name. Yeah, if it's then that makes a lot of sense. If it's for a tombstone, then they probably put a coin inside of it and mailed it. But it's a very nice four yeah. margin copy and struck with a red grid. Yep. Uh, yeah, I. I uh, in my oops, sorry. Well, you for the, those of you who are not watching on television, <laughs> Cash just threw my number two cover on the floor, <laughs> trying to return it to me. Right. And as I was moving my chair, I just ran over. Oh my! God. Now it has a crease. <laughs> <laughs> They're joking. This is the this is the way we handle our collectibles. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was fine. Um, I In my exhibit, I have a – I talk a lot about the rate re being reduced from $0.05 cents to $0.03 cents mm -hmm. in 1851, but actually it wasn't reduced from $0.05 cents to $0.03. Cents. It's an entirely different rate. Yeah. And I show a cover going from Charleston to, I believe it's Baltimore, and it was charged $0.10. Cents. And in 1851, it went from $0.10 cents to $0.03. Cents. So it didn't go from five cents to three cents. It went a whole lot more than that. Yeah, the, th the three cent rate. Well, and wasn't it um, forty cents to the West Coast? Yeah. And, and then with the rate change, it was ten. Actually, it was six. In the oh, beginning. that's right. It was six to yeah, start with. Double rate, and then they raised it to ten in eighteen fifty five. Yeah. Because they go, we can't, or eighteen fifty seven. One or yeah, no, eighteen fifty five. Yeah, they go, we can't. So we the, can't do this. It's it's uh, fun to. Look for six cent rate transcontinental during that period because it's kind of a short period. Yep. Well, but it's also interesting because, you know, they couldn't get it to the West Coast for six cents. But if you 
had mail picked up and they would uh, cancel the stamp with a word steam or steamship. Well, the steamship captain got two cents and it cost three cents to deliver the letter. So they were delivering mail for one cent along the coast if it was picked up by a steamship. So just a little interesting tidbit there. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was at the show, I bought, and it was a large lot, I bought $3,000 worth of U.S. number ones. And they ranged in quality, but all of them were, with. I think there was one exception, uh, a pair where the left stamp had a crease in it. But other than that, they didn't have four margins, but they were all nice. Um, and even the pair was nice. I mean, I could cut that one stamp off and, you know, have a really nice single. But the, uh, the price I paid, and I thought I did a really good deal, was $175 for each one if I bought them in bulk. So I bought several, uh, what, 17 of them, I guess, for uh, $175 each. And that just goes toward my... I think that inflation is going to increase the stamp market, and I think the stamp market is going to really, you know, do very well. So that was my big purchase. I bought some other little stuff, but uh, that was my big purchase. Were you having uh, trouble finding number ones? Uh, Other than Mark Easter, there were very few of them on the floor. Uh, and they all tended to be, in my opinion, overpriced. Right. That's was that was my uh, that was my take on it. Uh, I saw a, a, a few number ones, but man, they were in terrible condition. Yeah, and bad condition and priced in like the two fifty range. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I you know, like I said, I bought bulk, but I paid one hundred and seventy five bucks each for them, and I just think that that's not. That that's a price that you know we will be going away within the next, let's say, six months. I think that there's so much money flowing into the market right now that that sort of purchase is going to disappear. I mean, there's a reason why the Scotts catalog increased it by far more than they have ever increased anything. You know, <laughs> they they increased the uh, catalog value of a number one by like 33% in a single year. Yeah. And they just don't do that. And I think, uh, like I said, I think that's because uh, U.S. number one's in a grade of 80 in really nice condition. A grade 80 means four margins, four clear margins, uh, selling for a 1000 bucks. Well, there was that big sale at the end of the year. It probably influenced that a lot. No, actually, that sale was more like in November, uh, September. Oh, was it earlier? It was earlier. Uh, There were several that reinforced that price. Mm -hmm. But yeah, big holding. And, you know, these stamps were not graded. They were just nice. So you look at it and go, that stamp, you know, got four margins, um, probably an 80, maybe an 85. Well, in 85, you know, you're talking about, like, double catalog. So, you know, you figure you're going to buy it for 650 And at $650, you weren't the underbidder. You weren't even in the running. You know, you, the, these so were priced higher than that. And, you know. The, the condition was exceptional. Yeah. 
but even so, there were, what did we count up, 150 different lots, something like that? Yep. So there was abundant material, and yet it all still brought very high prices. So. Yeah, we, I have an ad out of the uh, American Philatelist from the uh, APS. Uh, again, everybody should join the APS. If you're not a member of the APS, your punishment is that you're not a member of the APS. But uh, there's an ad here. And, Mark, you have a better reading voice. Why don't you read it? Because I was impressed by this ad. Well, mainly it says, if you collect Great Britain QE2, ignore this at your peril. And it talks about um, uh, acting now that everybody knows the prices of new issues are underpinned by the face value printed on the stamps because the face value signifies the amount of service that the issuing post office is liable to provide. Um, imagine Mint United States stamps, stamps suddenly becoming invalidated. Well, that is precisely what is happening in the U.K. Even before the untimely demise of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II and the British, the British post hold office on, announced... On. Untimely? Untimely. <laughs> Wasn't she like 100 years old? Yeah, close. She's in her 90s. 96 or something. Well, at the very end, it was untimely. <laughs> it's like, oh, we didn't expect this to happen on Tuesday. Oh, my God. <laughs> the British Post Office announced that the regular small decimal matching Queen's head series will be invalidated. Now, you may be thinking, so what? What will make my stamps more valuable? That will make my stamps more valuable. We urge you to think again because the amount of mint British QE2 regular matching stamps on the market issued over the past 50 years is huge. So he's uh, basically talking about swapping out. Yeah, but there was another one, uh, this, this paragraph right here. Oh, really yeah. Nobody can predict the future, but we urge you to do this now if you have the quantity of mint decimal stamps suitable for postage, because after January 2023, these stamps will be invalidated. Plus, bear in mind that the market is ever moving backwards to quality classic stamps that they aren't printing anymore. Bear in mind that some modern uh, GB collections have thousands uh, in face value, so Here's where you go to check this out now. And, and again, you know, I totally agree with that. Collecting is moving back, and it's moving for better quality. And, you know, you can't move back much further than U.S. number one. And, again, quality, you know, it's not just getting a U.S. number one. It's getting a U.S. number one in good condition. Because you're right. When I was at the show, you would see really crummy looking us number ones i mean you know one margin two margin ugly stamps with a 200 to 250 dollar price tag on them and i think that that's an indicator that these stamps because you know these are dealers they want to sell the item it's not like i want to put this item out here for 250 bucks and then let it sit there forever that was me. Uh, so so uh, I think that as time goes by, you are going to see older, better condition increasing in value. And again, I call these the prestige stamps. I think U.S. number ones, U.S. number twos, uh, every stamp that has a dollar value, um, they're just going to be, they're going to look for better condition, 
and they're just going to be, that's where the market is going. So what else did you buy at the show? I just bought a bunch of um, bunch of stamps that I bought for grading, and uh, you know it's uh, it it was difficult. I mean, there was uh, there's not a lot of there was a lot of stock to go through, but um, not a lot of fines. So, yeah. Speaking about grading, we had this discussion at lunch today. Uh, The baseball card market has gone through a bit of a kerfuffle. Uh, people are saying that, you know, you have to be... Uh, okay, so here's what happened. These two companies submitted a bunch of cards, and the cards all got high grades. Now, in baseball, in stamps, stamps are graded on a grade of 1 to 100. In baseball cards, they're graded on a scale of 1 to 10, and they have half grades, so you get a nine and a half or a nine or whatever. So when we talk about grade 10, just think of that as a grade 100 in a stamp. But these two companies submitted a bunch of cards, and they got really good grades. And everybody said, well, you have to be one of these companies, it looks like, to get a good grade. And that the grading company is sitting back and saying, Oh, we're, we're not going to give other people high grades on their cards. We're only going to give them to these who are our uh, preferred customers or something like that. And so Jim Forty, shout out to Jim. I know he's a listener. Uh, he said, you know, well, this, you know, appears to be some sort of a fraud. And we see the same thing inside of stamp collecting but it's not a fraud. It's just that people who know how to grade and then submit their stamps will get higher grades. And so like a normal stamp collector, you, you have a really nice stamp. And so you're going to submit it. But if you are one of the big graded sellers, you know, we, we, many names come to mind, Malik, Crippy, you know, stuff. They're going to submit stamps that they know are going to get a grade 95 or a 98 or a 100 or whatever. So they're going to, because they have better knowledge of how to grade a stamp, they're going to necessarily get better grades because they're not going to submit stuff that gets poor grades. Part of that discussion, too, was the fact that um, the people that were submitting cards were getting a higher percentage of their cards. For example, um, a player that wasn't well-known was having like a 2% 100 grade or 10 grade. Mm -hmm. And then a better-known player, Roberto Clemente or... Uh, Barry Bonds, somebody like that, was of the cards that were being submitted was only getting like a half of percent tens. And whoever was making the YouTube video was complaining that this was this demonstrated that they were biased toward their preferred customers. And I was sitting there thinking, no, I cl- I used to collect baseball cards when I was a kid. And, you know, Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle and those guys 
you'd get those cards out as kids. You'd get the cards out and you'd finger them and you'd hold them and you'd watch the game and you'd have your favorite players out and stuff. So they got used. And but you know today, if you have a Mickey Mantle card or a Willie Mays card from that era, you're um, going to submit it. You you just won't get a ten, <laughs> no matter what you know. And and so I think that that's also an issue um, that we see with stamps in that um, a lot of collectors when we collect when we started collecting. Um, Condition was a secondary factor to filling the spot in the album. And so not a lot of stamps in collections from uh, when you were younger uh, were graded. Well, they weren't graded, but they were at least uh, weren't preserved in mounts properly. So you have the hinging. They weren't collected. They were collected more. It wasn't such a big deal to a young collector if it was centered right or not. And so obviously people who are looking for the better centered stuff, uh, I think today we see that in the problem that people see the centering, but they don't see the other flaws. Oh, yeah, that's that, one of the biggies. Yeah. Ruin, ruin the actual grade when you, you know, it might measure 100, but it, with a couple of, little tiny thins or something that's uh flawed yeah so. yeah we see that all the time where you know oh this is a fantastic stamp you go yeah it is fantastic but it's got a gigantic tear in yeah. the bottom yeah you go, or, yeah but look at the centering or it's reperfed at the bottom or something yeah. <laughs> there's always there's there's things that affect grade besides what the appearance looks like well it, it and it's so we have sort of the equivalent to let's compare two stamps a four-cent commemorative. Just pick any four-cent commemorative. I think the Girl Scout stamp was a four-cent commemorative, right? So let's pick the Girl Scout stamp. And then we'll pick the $5 Colombian. There, it, it is very rare for a $5 Colombian not to come with a certificate. They've pretty much all been certified at one point or another. And if they haven't been, if it doesn't have a certificate, you got to sit back and say, why doesn't this have a certificate? And, you know, it could have a repair or something like that. And then you submit it for a certain and go, hey, this is something. But, okay, so $5 Colombians, a vast majority of them have been submitted. So there, it's on a bell-shaped curve. And let's say there's, I'm making up numbers, there's, Two one hundreds and three ninety eights and ten ninety fives and you know so uh, you look at the numbers and you go okay you know it's a two percent of them are grade ninety fives and one percent are grade one hundred something like that and then you look at the Girl Scout stamp or any any four cent Colombian and you look at it and you go gosh. 50% of these are grade 100s and the other 50% are grade 98s. And they're all submitted by this guy. So um, you think, well, gosh, that guy, you know, must have a tie for the grading company. And he's getting grade 100s on these because so, so you'll sit there and go, well, the $5 Colombian, like 1% of this, the one submitted got a grade of 95, 98 or 100 but 50% of the four-cent uh, Girl Scout stamps got grade 100s and 98s, 
And they're all coming from just a very, very few people. Everybody submitted $5 Colombians, but only these couple people were submitting the four cent uh, Girl Scout stamp. And that's exactly what the baseball card company, or excuse me, the baseball card grading company is being accused of. And you sit there and go, well, no, because everybody submits $5 Colombians, but only these three people who have a clientele for them are actually looking for these stamps. Furthermore, they know the difference. They, they're not going, a grade, uh, four cent Girl Scout stamps in a grade 95. The certificate's going to cost you $10 and they're not going to sell for $10. It's going to sell for a couple dollars. So it's a loser. So they're sitting there going, I'm not going to submit this unless I think it's going to get a, at least a 98 and hopefully a hundred. So they're scanning through these and they're searching them. And when uh, Jim brought it up, they compared Roberto Clemente, who is a very popular, very well-known baseball uh, player. And they were comparing him, who everybody who has a Roberto Clemente submits a stamp to get a, or submits the card to get it graded. He also has a stamp, but uh, they submit the card to get it graded. And so you have hundreds of these going in. And they compared it to two people who I had never heard of. Who, who Do you remember who the two baseball? No, because I'd never heard of them either. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so these two companies were submitting, and they used these two players who I didn't know who they were, and they were getting like 5% of their cards back as grade 10. And you go, well, yeah. They're going for this nobody person. They're looking specifically for high-grade cards. Mm -hmm. And so if it's not going to be a high-grade card, it isn't submitted at all. So you can't compare a $5 Colombian or a Roberto Clemente baseball card to a four-cent Girl Scout stamp or... Like I said, these two players that I honestly don't know who they were. <laughs> I've never heard of them before. Well, plus, the guy who is submitting the four-cent Girl Scout stamps is buying dozens, if not hundreds, of sheets yeah. of those stamps to find the best centering. Well, I mean... Well, I think, I think what it does, though, is it, that, that's the way you can look at it and you say, okay, this isn't really a cross-section you know, you you can't compare at because this is apples and oranges, because a very collectible stamp versus a very common stamp, the, you're just not going to get the same number of submissions on the common stamp. Well, you're definitely not on the common stamp. You're not going to get things that are going to be low grade, right? Whereas a Roberto Clemente, you know, so you, you get a grade seven, and it's like, woohoo, I got a grade seven. Well, and and what happens, see, is. So you take, if you just do the statistics on it, you say, oh, we had 1,000 submissions on this stamp and uh, only one half of 1% was graded 100. And we had 400 submitted over here, but we had 200 of them were graded 100. That's 50%. <laughs> Something's wrong. No, no, that's, 
it, that could be accounted for in other factors. Not the least of which is like a $5 Colombian, and I may be wrong, but I know that less than 100,000 of them were issued, and I think it might have been less than 50,000. Yeah, it was a lot less, yeah. So less than 50,000 compared to a couple million of the Girl Scout stamp. So there's a whole lot more stamps to go through. Yeah. It's survivable. Yep. That's a that's the other thing. You know, how many out of the 50,000 or 100,000 that were released to the public, how many of them actually were used and lost? And how many were used in a way where it's savable? Uh, we were discussing U.S. number 39. U.S. number 39 is the 90-cent Washington stamp that was demonetized after, during the Civil War. Uh, it's a blue stamp with Washington was, in it. It was only issued about a year prior to the war, so it had a very short issue time, too. Cor- time. Yep. It was also a 90-cent stamp, so it didn't, really, it didn't pay for letters generally. There is a letter where one was used on it, but generally it was used for freight. So it wasn't put on a piece of paper and then mailed. It was stuck on a tag that followed a crate full of, I don't know what, you know, ham hocks. You know, so, somebody mailing ham across the country or something. Yeah, that's a smart thing to do in the 1850s, right? Well, it, it, it paid uh, large package rates and a lot of overseas stuff. But the, because of the short usage, it was not. That's why it catalogs so much more. It's like 10 times more used than mint. Yeah, the mint ones all came from, like, soldiers coming back from the south where they had looted a southern uh, mm-hmm. post office. And honestly, the, the you hear story after story. The postmasters of the south were actually very chivalric gentlemen, and they did not release the U.S. postage that they were entrusted with. They didn't like send it back to, you know, try to uh, get some money out of them or something like that. They held them in their safe. They go, we're we're not doing that. That's not this position that I was put in. I was entrusted with these stamps, and I will die with these stamps. But uh, a lot of the stamps from that issue are worth more mint than used because they came back with Union soldiers as war booty. Well, I think we've gone all over the place in this one. <laughs> uh, we we were uh, we were it was commented that we were doing a lot of non sequiturs, and uh, I don't know if people like it or don't like it. You know, not having a topic that we are like following, but the only topic we're going to have here is I'm going to play the intros. Please send me. Uh, what you think your favorite intro is, and we'll put it in the front. Because I guess, uh, what's the name of that song? What did you say it was? I'm pronouncing it badly. It's also Sarathustra. Yeah, I know it has a Thustra at the end. Sarathustra. Sarathustra. Anyway, the 2001 Space Odyssey. So 
enjoy. Uh, oh, uh, vote uh, cash at gradingmatters.com. I give everybody my email. Uh, if you send me junk, I just block you, so uh, feel free. Uh, and uh, C-A-J at grading, G-R-A-D-I-N-G, matters, M-A-T-T-E-R-S dot com. Also feel free if you have a picture of a stamp you want an opinion on, shoot it on over. I give everybody my uh, text n- message number, which is 714-278-5633. You know, like I said, if, if I do not answer the phone, so send me any text you want, but people send me t- pictures on that all the time. I give it out all the time. That's our send me a picture and I'll tell you what I think number. Cash, yeah. I want you to clarify this. Okay. Okay, so we are voting on the new intro. Yes. Okay, is there a timeline in which to um, put your vote in? Yeah, I guess, I guess you should do about two weeks. Mm-hmm. It was suggested Techno Chicken, so on this one I use Techno Chicken, and on the next one I'll use Techno Chicken, and then after that, whatever wins the voting will get the uh, the honor of contributing to the podcast. The 2023 Memorial Introductory Music. Yes. That yeah. sounds great. And if you live on Petite Martinique and uh, and use the pelican or the red-footed booby stamp, let us know. Oh, is one of those a red-footed booby? Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, I got to save that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like boobies. Yeah, you got... It's, He's got his booby collection. <laughs> He's gonna gonna make another exhibit. Right. Boobies on stamps. <laughs> and Enjoy. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Oh. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. Rupert, what are you thinking of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Now, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yes, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. From Spain and two from Japan. I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan. I got a plenty from Poland, but none from Sudan. or from Fiji or Uzbekistan. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together. Did I interest you in a stamp? Yeah, give me a stamp. No, give me a purple one. Oh, I'm sorry, we haven't any purple ones. I could uh, paint one for you. I don't want a painted one. Person hasn't got any rights in this country anymore. The government even tells you what color stamps you gotta buy.
we need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this Silcom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.